Six cents a share? Oh, come on. Who buys this crap? Well, I mean, honestly, mostly schmucks. The postmen, there's always postmen. Right. Uh, plumbers, um, they see our ads in the back of uh, Hustler and Popular Mechanics, and our, our ads actually say they can get rich quick. <laughs> Hustler? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know the girly magazine? Yeah, yeah. Nudie mag. A lot. Yeah. We're helping them finance uh, houses. We're helping them buy their wife a diamond ring, a boat, maybe. Is this, is this, uh, is this stuff regulated, or are you guys, what are you doing here? Uh, sort of. Sort of? Jesus Christ, the spread on these is huge. Yeah, and that's the point. That's, what's your name again? Mine, Jordan Belfort. Jordan, what do you get on a blue chip stock? I make 1%. I did make 1%. Pink sheets, it's 50. It's 50%. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 119 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are switching over to a new theme. That theme is wealth. Yes. The first of our three wealth movies. This was decided on by both Thomas and I. And this is... uh, What year is this? (laughs) 2013. 2013's Martin Scorsese movie. The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, Thomas, you were really the one who suggested this, though. <laughs> um, I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, why don't you tell us about uh, your thoughts on Wolf of Wall Street? Let me, let me read the IMDb. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, let's do that. IMDb. Wolf of For Wall Street. For tradition. <laughs> yes, as is tradition around here. 2013, The Wolf of Wall Street, directed by Martin Scorsese, based on the true story of Jordan Belford, from his rise to a wealthy stockbroker living the high life to his fall involving crime, corruption, and the federal government. Yes. Um, Oh, gosh. Are they going to be ringing the doorbell while they do this? (laughs) For the listeners, they're training the dogs to stop barking when people ring the doorbell. Okay, I'm back. Okay, cool. Um, So, yeah, also I want to mention... Uh, in addition to that synopsis, uh, this movie was also released on Christmas Day, December 25th. Oh, really? And hmm. yeah, I remember the theater being just absolutely packed, and it was, it was a very good screen. Interesting. You, so yeah, you asked what my history was with this movie, and uh, yeah, I remember seeing this in theaters, being really excited about it. Um, at the time, uh, Kanye West was very popular at the time, and so when the trailer for this dropped with black skinhead attached to it, it was, a, it was a good combination of cultural things coming together, the aggressiveness of that song, the fast cutting of just the insanity of just all of the things going on in this movie, just the overabundance of Jordan Belfort's life, and just like the fact that it's Martin Scorsese teaming up with Leonardo DiCaprio again. It, it was just a really exciting, hyped movie to sort of go back and sort of revisit like Martin Scorsese sort of like world and his his style. And it feels sort of like a spiritual sequel to Goodfellas in the way that it sort of the narration is done and sort of the focus on this one this one character and his like as far as Goodfellas, it's like the cocaine world and mafia world of like the seventies and eighties and with the Wolf of Wall Street, we have the world of the 80s and 90s, uh, sorry, the more 90s, 2000, no, yeah, 80s, 90s of uh, mm-hmm. debaucherous Wall Street 
life of living <laughs> living the life of a just a, a wealthy man <laughs> and so um it is yeah definitely very overabundant it's a lot um yeah uh, <laughs> uh yeah the reason why i chose it say i feel like it's definitely like wealth squared like this is a, a movie about wealth and the way that jordan belfort is making his money is by selling the idea of wealth to people who can't afford it and to like the middle class people who are buying initially like buying penny stocks and they just want to you know like pay off their mortgage or like buy a wedding ring for their wife so to speak and he's like selling them like just continuously selling them stocks over and over again telling them to reinvest and making commissions off of that and essentially getting rich off the backs of the working class who we don't really see in this movie but uh it's more of just a a hyper focus on just (laughs) the overabundance in the wealth of Jordan Belfort's life, so I, don't know. I thought it was a good place to start because it's yeah, it's it's really entertaining, and I think it's a as a movie nerd, I, I appreciate it for what it is. Uh, what what did, what's your history with this movie? Connection. So yeah, this is the first time I've seen it. Um, it's an insane movie. It is <laughs> uh, an abundant movie about abundance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish this. I wish this was a rewatch. Like as I'm talking to you now, I have the IMDb pulled up. Oh, I just slapped the mic. <laughs> I have the IMDb pulled up, and uh, slapped the mic. <laughs> and it's playing like the trailer, and I'm like, man, I just want to watch all these scenes again. Yeah. Like, uh, it is definitely. I remember when this movie came out, there were discussions about it being like, is this romanticizing this lifestyle? And it is an interesting conversation because. This movie, it shows the ups and the downs. Yes. But it doesn't really... Like, he hurts people in this movie. Yes. And we don't really get the story of those victims. Uh, towards the end, like, spoiler alert, I guess, like, yeah. uh, Margot Rob- Robbie leaves him, and they get in a car accident. and um, Well, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, Jordan Belfort, gets in a car accident with his daughter in the passenger seat. Yeah. This isn't the story of his daughter. This isn't the story of Margot Robbie. Like, we barely... Do we even know what happens in their lives after that incident? I don't, I don't think we do. No, not And it really, ends yeah. with him once again promising wealth to people who do not have it, which yeah. is, like, what his whole career has been. Um, and so it's not like it's ending on this... Yeah, what do you make of that final shot? Like, we're just... Who, who gives you shit about spoilers? Like, it's a true story. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, um, it's interesting, yeah, because, like, with Goodfellas, like, it's it's more about, yeah, Ray Liotta and, like, just their crime syndicate or, or just, like, their relationships and then how that falls apart. We don't really see about, like... We don't really see depictions of cocaine addiction and crack addiction, like, like, like the results of that overabundance of you know having to flush bricks of cocaine down your your toilet you know there's yeah. there's people suffering all over the nation all over the world because of that uh, like like with this like you know it's cool to to see the origin of oh uh, sell me this pen and like this iconic mm-hmm. uh, salesman technique but yeah we don't really see the other side of that at all until the very end but i do find it fascinating that the last shot is like a fairly diverse crowd of people as opposed to throughout the movie in the late 80s and the 90s it's mostly just like white guys and then as the time progresses like a few more people of color kind of get sprinkled in there but mostly this is like a fantasy of like the white man like in the in their 20s and 30s who were just like not sexually uh, successful in their past and now that they're millionaires making millions of dollars in seconds now they're just like just indulging in hookers and cocaine essentially so 
Oh, yeah, like is the, is the last shot supposed to say that like he is going to do to these people what he did to the people we just saw throughout this movie? I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. It <laughs> like, feels like that. They yeah. have yet to become these rabid fucking dogs. Yeah, it, it does feel about like that, and I'm happy you asked that because it makes me think of the most recent like wave of like infatuation of wealth that happened this past year with like a lot of wealthy people and artists and sports people getting into it, like athletes getting into it. And then, like, also selling a lot of people in the lower class this idea of, like, oh, if you buy this NFT, it'll have, like, this supposed wealth to it. I mean, and, they like, were this, cool, though. Yeah. Like, like those apes. Yeah. They just looked really cool. <laughs> I mean, some of them looked terrible. Like, for every, like, one good-looking one that was, like, kind of There were no good-looking yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them were just, like, obnoxiously bad. And I, I think about that because, yeah, like, rewind a year and a half, two years ago, I was like, you know, Steph Curry, every single person had an NFT board ape thing on there, sort of like lashing onto this idea of like, oh yeah, like we're finding a new way to like trick the system. And it's like the same thing. Like, yeah, like we're just finding ways to to sell this idea of like being smarter and achieving more yeah. and tricking the system. You gotta get on board. Matt Damon yeah. doing the crypto commercials. Yeah, yeah. Paris exactly. Hilton, uh, and Jimmy Fallon talking about their their apes. She <laughs> yes. bought him an ape or something yes. like yeah, that. Jimmy yeah. Fallon's scum. Fuck yeah, that guy. yeah, that uh, was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, I like the roots. Don't like Jimmy. <laughs> it's like I'm very torn on that show. Because, but yeah, that's besides the point. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just funny because yeah, it's all about the idea of selling this idea of wealth. And I think it's 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 cool because there's a few little details that are nice when he is in uh, like the New Jersey salesman. Uh, place when he's like doing his first sales thing and the area and they're like all the guys are like watching him do this like amazing thing mm-hmm. there's a, a quick cut where we get a cut of the business that takes place inside of this small it's like arrow tie industries we get like one little shot of the small shack in the middle of like rural america oh, I think yeah. it's, it's cool we get like that little addition and i think if if this movie was in the hands of a lesser experienced filmmaker we wouldn't have small touches like that and attention to detail um, yeah it helps but, illustrate the lie that is being sold exactly yes yeah, yeah. and i i just love also the fact that that scene has spike jones my favorite director mm, absolutely <laughs> that guy, great cameo, selling him like this amazing thing it's like, oh yeah it's like how much commission do you guys get on the blue ships like oh yeah like one percent he's like well here it's 50 percent. he's like excuse me <laughs> he's yeah. like he like winks you make ten thousand dollars like, selling that. I'll suck your dick. Yeah, he like winks at him. He's like, so is this like regulated? And like, like I just love that that conversation. But, um, but overall, what do you think of it? Like, is it like too much? Is it too? No, like, I <laughs> I dig it. Like okay. it is a it is a wild ride. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, yeah, I like so I I watched it. I watched it in two sittings. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember where I stopped uh, on the first watch, uh, but um, I do kind of wish I'd watched it in one sitting. I wish I could have seen it in a fucking theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, yeah, I, I, it's just a wild ride. <laughs> like, yeah. like ups and downs with wealth. It, it, it's just the story of an addict, a severe addict. He is a yeah. drug addict, a sex addict, a wealth addict. Um, and he's like this unstoppable force. He's a fucking tornado wrecking through these people and sucking yeah. others into his vortex. Yes, um, very charismatic. <laughs> it's like one of the most charismatic like characters and roles you have to be. It's like you're like in a world of sharks and salesmen. And so this is the story of a, a person who is like 
like the an extraordinary shark amongst them all who sort of like falls for all of this madness but is still able to like be brilliant and like trick the system in a way that is just like i don't know achieves all this money that may or may not have tons of truth to it but is still a story about like i don't know this classic american tale of reinvention that i think is great and i think uh scorsese is just like very good at depicting that and just doing it very fast paced and his like signature of like the narration and it's following this like that like the sleekest man out there you know so and i think leo carries it very well it like it i i it's weird to say this because we know where martin scorsese stands but it kind of feels like a superhero movie yeah, yeah <laughs> like this yeah. man has a superpower yeah, uh yeah. Like, he is undefeated when it comes to selling. Um, but his kryptonite is, of course, his addiction to drugs and uh, sex. Mostly drugs. Yeah. We don't really see him pay the price when it comes to sex. He just gets penicillin shots and he continues on his way. Yeah. Um, yes, but, but with drugs, yeah, there is the, the fantastic... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the great Quaalude scene, which is just amazing in theaters. Uh, there's a couple of moments that, are, that do... Uh, stick out when I was rewatching this, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's that." And we're in spoiler territory at this point. Um, so the Quaalude scene was amazing in theaters, but also their fight at the end was also really shocking because he like, uh, I think she slaps him first. Oh, yeah, he slaps, punches her in the stomach. He, yeah, it's like yeah. well, yeah, it's like the escalation is is crazy because like she slaps him and then he hits her back and there's a gasp and then he like goes upstairs and she chases him and then he punches her in the stomach and then there's like a big gasp in the theater and I was like, this is "Yeah." Like, and he's okay, like now we're now we're not on board anymore. He's he's a bad guy now. And he's like raping her before that. Yeah. He's like he's basically raping her and then she kind of goes along with it out of spite. Yeah. Um, he's like, hey, this is the last time this is happening. Yeah. I don't know. And like he yeah, before that he sexually assaults a woman on a plane when he's all fucked up on drugs. Uh yeah. He's actually, very clearly a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, actually thinking about the um, sort of consequences of the sexual like thing, like his his like constant like uh, chase for it. So in the beginning, when he uh, hires Jonah Hill's character, he like sort of like has a scene where he vets him, and he's like, "So like I heard this rumor, and like whole rumors like yeah, like are you married yeah. with your cousin?" And he kind of like grills him on it, and it's like it, funny scene is like sort of ridiculous. But then I was thinking, oh yeah, that sort of comes up later on when he has this moment with the aunt character when he's like trying to mm-hmm. convince her to like smuggle money from like uh from switzerland and th- it rings true with the scene with matthew mcconaughey when he's like ordering uh martinis at lunch and he's like doing a uh, blow at the table and, and he's like uh he's new to wall street just give him time and i thought about oh yeah like he wasn't in he was sort of against the idea of uh, doing something sexual with your relatives at the beginning of this movie, but oh, then at the, not a blood rel- relative, <laughs> not a blood, not a blood relative. But like, I don't know. I think it's just interesting that like in the beginning he sort of like, like he, he's grilling him on it, and then towards the end of this movie, at towards the end of where he's going after all this escalation, he's willing to like kiss his eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like there is sort of a culture shock thing at the beginning when he's with yes. Matthew McConaughey, and then he becomes the culture shock. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was like, okay, that's at least one part where he's definitely become the monster that he was criticizing beforehand. I don't know what, he wasn't really criticizing him. Oh, yeah, maybe not criticizing, but at least <laughs> he was just like, kind of like, whoa. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah, what do you think of Matthew, Jonah Hill in this? <laughs> I, well, first I want to say Matthew McConaughey underutilized. 
Uh, I, we could have gotten so much more of him. Like, yeah. I wonder, I, I want to know what this movie would have looked like if he, if the roles were reversed. And what if hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio was that small role and Matthew McConaughey we were stuck with the whole time? I, I mean, uh, I would believe it. There's apparently like a four hour cut of this movie that exists. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, Jonah Hill, weird. What's uh, the teeth? <laughs> weird. Um, there are a lot of scenes in this movie where I feel like I feel like Martin Scorsese is letting him improvise, um, yeah. and I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. Not uh, the the married cousin thing I think goes on way too long. Yeah. Uh, there's another scene where him and um, gosh, what's his name? I have the mustache. John Bernthal. <laughs> John Bernthal. John Bernthal's whole thing is like he's constantly looking away from the person he's talking to. <laughs> <laughs> like he's constantly yeah. like cocking his head when he acts. Um, but yeah, I feel like that interaction where they're like in the sort of like parking lot at the shopping center. Yes, yeah. He's yeah. got the suitcase, briefcase full of money. Um, I feel like there's probably a lot of improvisation there that's happening, and that scene feels like it goes on too long. There's a lot of weird scenes like this where it's just. Uh, Martin Scorsese indulging in like actors and doing their thing. Yes, I um, agree. Sometimes they're fun. The um, talking about throwing dwarfs at a target, <laughs> <laughs> like pretty funny. Uh, yeah. However, it goes on a little, little too long. Yeah. I think they're milking it a little too much. See, um, I, I kind of switched. I think yeah. Originally, I was like laughing, but then on the rewatch, I was like not into that scene. But I was down for the parking lot scene. I thought that was, I was into that. Um. Leonardo DiCaprio talking to Rob Reiner about like bald prostitute pussy. <laughs> like, yes, yes. <laughs> a little too long. Yeah, <laughs> like, we yeah, could probably definitely. we could probably no pun intended shave a little bit of this down. Ah, um, amazing. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, I think it's fascinating that this movie is sort of at least from like a historical perspective, you can look at it and be like, this is just like so many actors were clearly just like on board to just be in this, and like you have like Leonardo DiCaprio and Rob it is a Reiner weird cast. Like up against like like Adult Swim alumni and like Frat Pack alumni, it's like really strange. One of the dudes in his crew, I want to make sure I get his name right. Um, he's in a show, uh, Henry Zabrowski. Um, do you, are you aware like the redhead guy? So have you ever seen Your Pretty Face Is Going to Hell? Oh, I didn't realize that was the same guy. Yeah, like absolutely insane. Like that, <laughs> like absolutely unhinged actor from that very strange Adult Swim comedy about uh corporate life in hell he's like working with one of the greatest like actors we have of our generation it's just like absolutely insane also thomas middleditch getting humiliated in front of everyone kind of nice to see <laughs> yeah it's just like interesting this aged very well in some regards um but yeah i think uh all of it's kind of like just a really interesting like flash in the pan of just like a lot of people here like margot robbie sort of like at the beginning of her career yeah now she's like just, just like made her kind of yeah if she was in about time before or the same year i don't know i haven't seen it i don't know yeah. the extent of her role in that but yeah not sure but yeah this definitely like put her out there what do you think of kristen Milotti or miliotti in, in this his first wife oh uh yeah i mean i liked her um i think it's i feel like we could have had more of her uh it could have gone either way uh yeah she was good yeah she was in uh, Palm Springs. You liked that, right? Yes, I did like Palm Springs. Um, yeah, I, I really... It's kind of on the nose, but I love their breakup scene, the way that it sort of unfolds. He's like... 
having like this hot and steamy sort of affair with Margot Robbie's character and he like pulls up to the hotel and she's like outside and just like they have this like heated arguments very heated New York breakup outside of this hotel but then you pull back on the wide and they're in front of this like golden Trump Tower like lobby and I was like it's just like it just felt really appropriate maybe a little on the nose but just like tying into the whole wealth thing yeah um, I think it was amusing that he's upset with her for <laughs> like he didn't expect her to be home <laughs> yeah yeah um, I enjoyed seeing Kyle Chandler in this yeah, uh, yeah. as the FBI agent um, Kyle Chandler is an interesting guy to me because I feel like he's someone I don't really think of as like a leading man and I guess he isn't that often um, but I feel like he certainly has the acting chops to do it yeah um i don't know there's something about kyle chandler he's solid yeah he's definitely solid i, I was definitely like thinking what has he been in then i look at his wikipedia just now i'm like oh yeah god's a little he's in and... tons of shit <laughs> yeah he was like in the Super peter eight. jackson king kong <laughs> yeah, super yeah. eight argo zero he was in zero dog 30 i don't even remember him in zero dog 30 uh, yeah friday night lights i never watched i know that was like his show yes yeah 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 john favreau was also in this movie yeah, <laughs> john yeah, favreau, like, yeah there's just like an insane amount of a lot of people or as my friend dyson would say there's a lot of heads in this movie a lot of heads um uh so there's also just like a lot of turns that i feel like they might feel kind of abrupt when saying them out loud like there's a scene in this movie where a, a yacht sinks and they are rescued at sea like, yeah what you, kind of wild <laughs> yeah and I, there's a moment where he yells at donnie to go save his the quaaludes <laughs> Um, that was weird. It was weird seeing... I was not expecting, like, a big special effects moment in this movie. I can't yeah. think of a Martin Scorsese movie I've seen that does have a big special effects movie. There, there is one in Hugo. And it, Hugo? But it's very abrupt and very strange. I mean, Hugo, is, is that all animated or no? I haven't uh, seen Hugo. I don't remember. But I know there's a scene where, like, a fire happens and it's just, like, a character, like, oh, opens, a, opens a door and it's just, like, flames. It's just, like, engulfed in flames. And it's just extremely abrupt. Um, and it's, like, yeah, CGI flames out of nowhere. It's just, like, insane. Yeah, this was, that was definitely a weird moment. But at the same time, it's, like, I guess this is a true story. <laughs> like, it's, like, yeah. that. it is the, St the Spielberg monkey in this movie. <laughs> yeah, even though there's a monkey in this movie that roller skates. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's actually some, like, if you look up articles about this movie, there's, like, some criticisms and comparisons saying that here, uh, Scorsese is trying to out Tarantino, Tarantino. And the Quayle scene I definitely yeah. gave me Tarantino vibes. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like, well, I'm not going to accuse Martin Scorsese of going to war with T Tarantino. Like, if, if anything, Tarantino would be ripping him off. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's, like, the thing that got cited was a, a Playboy interview where Tarantino's, like, when you get older, like, you just, your movies aren't as good when you're older. And uh, when this came out, uh, Scorsese is 71 at the time of this was released. Okay. Was so, Tarantino talking about Scorsese when he was? Probably saying? not. Honestly, probably not. But it's just internet, uh, just articles and stuff, people compiling, people making stuff up. <laughs> for for clicks probably yeah um, i mean the headlines are terrible every time he give releases any sort of essay writes anything says anything the articles are terrible like yeah. i remember yeah there was that whole thing about marvel that like 
not being cinema or something. Yeah, yeah. Read the article. Mm -hmm. That's like one sentence. He wrote like this whole essay about movies. (laughs) And then like, they're like, oh, this is what's going to get clicks. Let's focus on this. Yeah. And then that's been the continuous conversation for years and years. Um, Fun. Yeah. But uh, thinking of the Quaalude scene, uh, I think is, yeah, a a very high watermark for just like really good editing. Like the whole, just like it all worked out fine. I got home without a scratch. And then uh, it continues to escalate when he like uh, gets home. Donnie's on the phone. And at this point in the movie, we've (laughs) the audience and and everyone knows like the FBI has tapped the phones and they're listening to all the conversations. And he's very, uh, very intoxicated talking about his deals with the Swiss banks with the Swiss banker and he comes in and they get into a fight and he starts choking and he sees a Popeye's uh, cartoon of Popeye eating spinach. Does he he see it or is it just on in the same room? It's on on in the same room. It's on in the same room. Cause I'm pretty sure. Yeah. His daughter is there also (laughs) like, I think his daughter's watching Popeye sees Popeye eating spinach, (laughs) gets inspired to bust, bust out an emergency stash of cocaine and does the cocaine (laughs) and comes back to life and saves Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As and, soon as you realize what's happening with the Popeye yeah. cartoon, you're like, hell yes. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, this fucking works. This is fucking badass. Yeah. Then he like, saves Incredible. him, passes out, and then wakes up. The cops are there, like, oh, yeah, by the way, you didn't make it home safely and you're tired yeah. of Lamborghinis. Yeah. Trashed. And it's cool, like, that that reveal is so late because we already accept the reality of him yeah. getting to where he needs to be unharmed. Oh. Yeah. I also, also love. I, yeah, you first, you first. The stairs. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. Is that what you're going to say? No, I was uh. going to say the, um, like, I just love, like, the consequence of having, like, the suicide doors on the car and, hit, like, him lifting up his Oh, with his, his leg? leg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, like, like, that's... He had a regular car, like a regular person. <laughs> he was nominated, right, for this? Correct. Leonardo DiCaprio? Okay. Like, it's... Yeah, he... Sh- what won? What was considered a better performance? <laughs> All I know is the year that this was uh, nominated was the year, I think it was the year the selfie happened with Ellen at uh, the Academy Awards. Like, I don't even remember watching, but I don't know. It was a, could have been something good, something bad. I need to look it up because... It's 2013. So, in 2014 Oscars. So, Matthew McConaughey won for Dallas Buyers Club. I haven't seen that. Ah, gotcha. It is interesting that he did give an amazing performance in this movie and then went on to win an Oscar for a different movie. <laughs> he was on fire. I think that was like also the year or two after True Detective. It was all yeah. within that same. And like Mud was also very good. That's great, yeah. Yeah. McConaughey rena- Renaissance. Um, what do you think of the licensed music? Uh, I, I'm fine with it. Like I said, it's sort of reminiscent in form of Goodfellas. So if you're going to have like a sweeping story of the 80s and 90s, and you're going to have some some hits in there. I mean, I'm fine with Foo Fighters being like, being in there as he's. That was the trying. first. <laughs> yeah. That was the first song that stood out to me. Where I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> we're like, yeah. we're listening to the Foo Fighters during this. Scene. Like, okay, is okay. it supposed <laughs> to be 97 at that point? Um. Because I, I would have assumed it was, like, the early 90s. Yeah, that is a little unclear. Well, it definitely starts, like, yeah, 87, and then, like, his the downfall is six months after, or, like, in 89 or something. I think it was 87 when it happens. But, like, we also get, like, a Me First and the Gimme Gimme song, which is, like, 
a punk band, pop punk band, and okay. I don't know. It just seemed a little. I wasn't into it. <laughs> like I love yeah. Everlong by the Foo Fighters, but it, it just seems strange to me that this was playing in Wolf of Wall Street. I, I was not expecting that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really stick out. Uh, didn't it makes me wonder about Martin Scorsese's taste. I know he loves the Rolling Stones. Yeah. But, uh, I didn't. I wasn't expecting him to be a me first in the Gimme Gimme's fan. <laughs> Yeah. Could have been an editing choice, and then he was okay with it. Or, yeah. Uh, in this, this movie is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most use, use of the word fuck. Mm-hmm. In the movie. 506 times. Um, anything else on Wolf of Wall Street? Um, yeah, I do want to point out that I love the way that it looks and I think this was around the time where there was like a debate on whether or not he was going to shoot this on film or digital and they like eventually ended up shooting most of it on film which is uh very good because I think it looks fantastic um yeah I, I don't know I think there's some parts like the like the yacht stuff is a little iffy but overall I think it looks fantastic and I don't know. I think he has a very particular eye for details that I think helps sort of elevate this. I feel like, yeah, if this was in the hands of a lesser director, it'd be far sloppier and a much worse movie. So, like, there's a moment where he's like, he's narrating and he's like, yo, it's like, my job, like, life is all about, like, all about this or whatever. And he's like, doing a line of cocaine. You think it's about the coke, but he's like, no, it's like about the $100 bill. And he stretches yeah. it out, balls it up, and throws it into the trash. Then we get a little brief cut of the $100 of like the corner of the bill like in the trash bin very nice like close-up addition that you know you you don't really need to go in close for that the point has already been made but it's nice that you sort of had that little addition there's a, a moment in the middle when there's a lot of debauchery going on and we uh there's a scene where uh an employee uh gets her head shaved and like it's sort of like this celebratory moment but then we sort of stick with her as like a, a lot of mm-hmm. fun stuff is happening yeah. around her but sort of we stick with her as she sort of like sinks into the rest of the crowd it is interesting it. very interesting yeah that's yeah. like i don't know there's just moments like that where he clearly has like a careful hand in this even though the entire package is just overabundant and absolutely insane and kind of exhausting at times but i don't know it's 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 good i think it's a, a, a really great addition to like an American filmmaker. One of the greatest American filmmakers, sort of like a late career addition. It's yeah. fantastic. Sort of being like, hey, like I'm still here and I can still do shit that, like, that will can be sort of shocking. And to know that there's like a four hour cut of this and like there's bestiality in the what? book, supposedly. Yeah, apparently, like, yeah, his like Jordan Belfort's uh, Vegas um, bachelor party was apparently far more. <laughs> That's like a donkey show or something? (laughs) Yes, I don't know, something like that. Um, But as far as uh, final thoughts, if you're a deep fan of The Vague Zone, if you're a fan of uh, my rap, I have a group called Rhyme and Reason, and we have a a tape, an EP, heavily inspired by this (laughs) this movie. It's called Jonah Trill, and it's filled with quotes and clips from this movie, and it's us rapping trading bars and i think it's a a pretty fun tape i've re-listened to it and i feel like it still holds up so i think it's worthy of a mention on the show so yeah if you look up rhyme and reason jonah trill if you that's all you need i'm not gonna drop a link just those names are enough for you to find it 
Yeah. Um, what have you been watching this week? I don't think I've watched anything else this week. Yeah, you got a new dog. <laughs> yeah, I got a dog. Um, been, so you had a dog. So you I've been it. watching some dog training videos. What I've been doing. Okay. Trying to do the click training. I've just been doing the click with my mouth because it's easier. I don't have to carry another thing. Okay. Uh, apparently, Emily can't do it. That's it. It's like, That's all you got to do. Easy. Gotcha. <laughs> um, How So... Uh, for the, for the listeners, what kind of dog is it? <laughs> I got a mix of a... I, I believe she's a mix of German Shepherd and Basset Hound. So okay. she has very small legs. Um, large paws. <laughs> uh, she's... And she has, like, a perfectly, like, adult-sized German Shepherd head. Um, <laughs> but she's very long. She's like the longest dog I've yeah. <laughs> like it, unusually long, very front heavy yeah. uh, because her like chest and head are so large. But then like, if you just looked at her hind legs, they look like small, do a small dog's hind legs. And she has, she also has a thick tail, which is very strange. <laughs> um, very weirdly proportioned animal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she, so her foster parents were told that she's three. We think she's younger. We think she's probably like 18 months. Okay. Um, we adopted her on Pi Day is when we completed her paperwork, 314. Three, uh, I don't think we actually picked her up until 315, though. Um, so that'll be her, her birthday, I guess. Nice. But yeah. Having a good time with the dog. Um, she stole Colson's sandwich today. <laughs> um, so got to train her to leave food off on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What about you? What are you even watching? Watching a bunch of stuff. Um, so Survivor. Yeah, <laughs> Survivor's good. Uh, so, so Survivor aired last night. And I think as a new watcher, it's cool because I'm, I have really, I don't have much to really reference. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot going on. There's, um, there's, a lot of idols in play to the point where it's, it's very confusing. Um, it, in a lot of people online are slow polarizing. People aren't really into it because it seems like the focus is just on adding those chaotic elements to the game as opposed to just letting the game play out. And the only reason I have at least a little bit of authority to speak on this is because I binged an entire season. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I have at least something to compare this on. And so that season has, like crazy mechanisms going on but it's not like a way that it's turned up here i feel like there's just like yeah there's been multiple twists constantly happening and it's it, it feels a little distracting but overall it's still been fun it's been fun to watch uh which um, season did you binge um 32, 32. uh cow wrong, cow wrong. Or 30, 33 or 32 one of those um so yeah i binged that and yeah, caught up for this one in a couple okay. of days. And this, yeah, this one's been fun. My, my internet went out exactly when they were announcing the vote. And I was, I was just like, this is, <laughs> this is just killing me. <laughs> like, uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, so I've been watching that. Um, yeah, like The Mandalorian is back. It's been fun to watch. Ted, La Ted Lasso has returned for season three. It's been good. Um, again, I think I'm going to go back and mention Wu-Tang American Saga. Because mm -hmm. it's in something worthy of mention that I think makes this season stand out is uh so now that the, at this point in the story the Wu-Tang has formed and there's uh their debut album is out so now we're focusing on their solo debut albums that come out after that and uh, 
Are you familiar with like how the sort of the rollout sort of progressed? Not really. After, no. like, so basically, for those who don't know, uh, there were nine different members of the Wu Tang yeah. Clan, that sort of very large was, clan, <laughs> that were assembled. And Comically they large. <laughs> they, they were assembled and they made their debut album. Uh, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers is the Wu Tang Clan's solo uh, debut album as a group. Um, sorry, not solo yeah. debut album as a group. And so after that, all of the nine members were then set up to sign with separate labels and release separate solo debut albums on their own. And like so, the MCU. Yeah, and so essentially that happened to varying degrees of success. Um, uh, long story short, in New York City, the, uh, the RZA's basement flooded multiple times, and in multiple floods, he lost floppy disks and equipment mm. and music that will just never be heard ever again, which is unfortunate. But there were a lot that did come out. And so in this season three of the show, which I think is fantastic already, they're doing episodes where they're like, okay, we're going to focus on one of these solo albums, but we're going to do it in the form of like a movie. And so, oh, yeah. OD, so ODB's, it is, it's like the MCU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so ODB's debut album, Return to the 36 Chambers, is now going to be a black exploitation episode. And so, uh, yeah, I didn't watch yeah, the show. Yeah, it's awesome. So, <laughs> Sounds yeah, awesome. yeah, Raekwon, the chef's, his debut album, uh, only built for Cuban Links, which is like a mafioso. Scarface themed crime album. They made like a like a, a direct TV, like DVD theme, like a ghetto DVD, like hood movie kind of thing, like like a hood movie you see at like a a Rasputin's that's like four dollars or something. Or yeah, something, like something, something like you that. see on Tubi TV. <laughs> yes, exactly. So last night, the Jizzes for Liquid Swords, which is an incredible album. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it right now. It's fucking awesome. Uh, they did an hour long hip-hop kung fu movie and it's directed by the rizza these other ones were directed by other people but this one's directed by the rizza and it's fucking awesome that's like, insane yeah there's, there's some parts where i'm like this is kind of cheesy the costumes are kind of cheap but overall it's just like it's just so fucking cool it's like he's using the, the power of hip-hop to to beat up ninjas and shit it's just fucking it's it's really cool and it's a good time uh yeah there's two episodes left uh can't i can't wait it's gonna be awesome okay um, i'm gonna start watching that tonight <laughs> because it's like that is like one of the coolest <laughs> ideas i've heard yeah it's great um so yeah, it, it is a journey to get there so yeah this is like episode eight of season three and so the Whatever, first two seasons yeah it's the first two seasons are, are awesome they're more grounded in reality but yeah by the time you get to this point as a, a nerd of hip-hop and a fan of Wu-Tang Clan. It's just like, it's just candy. It's just like fucking amazing. Do we know how many more seasons there are going to be? It's the last one. It's the last one? Okay, so they're just yeah. going all out. Yeah, good for yeah. them. Yeah, so this this episode felt like a, a good, like, crescendo, but there's still two more episodes. And mm-hmm. yeah, even the name of the last episode has me hyped because it's the name of a song off of their uh, second group album, Wu-Tang Forever. The song is called Triumph. And Triumph. It's, oh, nice. uh, yeah, and it's uh, the music video for Triumph is iconic. At the time, it was the most expensive hip-hop music video ever made. <laughs> what was the second album? Was it The W? Uh, the sec- Their second album is Wu-Tang Forever. Okay. Double album. <laughs> Two discs. Um, yeah, uh, Triumph features like the iconic bars from Inspector Deck, like the Ibomatomically Socrates philosophies. <laughs> can't, can't define how I'll be dropping these mockeries. 
<laughs> something like that. Um, so yeah, highly recommend that show. Um, and then last thing I want to mention, I've mentioned this before. I have a poster with a bunch of movies on it that has classics and other choices and selections from the IMDb top 100. One of those movies was a Bollywood movie called three idiots. Um, Riz so, Ahmed, uh, right? No, no, oh. no. Um, what am I thinking? These actors, these actors I never heard of. Um, so just for, uh, context, Recently at the Oscars, RRR, uh, Natu Natu was nominated for like best song and they had a performance. We were big fans of that. So RRR is a Tollywood film, which is a different yeah. like, category. So yeah, Three Idiots is a Bollywood film. Uh, I'm thinking of Four Lions. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> interesting. Um, so I, I want to like, he- I'm hesitant to like compare the two because I've only seen at least recently like one Tollywood film and like one Bollywood film, but the- these are both like three-hour-long movies that feature musical numbers. They also, in uh, Three Idiots, there's songs that are narrating literally what the characters are feeling yeah. and what's happening on screen. And so there's, like... Basically, this movie is about three friends in engineering school, but one of the friends in the group is basically, like, a god. Like, he's, like, this rebellious dude. He's, like, flipping the school's uh, rigid nature on his head. He has, like new ideas about teaching he's like inventing cool gadgets and shit he likes like delivers a baby and like brings it back to life at one point <laughs> it's like this movie is just about like this amazing friend that they had in college and then he disappeared and now they're like trying to find him back 10 years later um there's one of the most abrupt tonal shifts i've ever seen in a movie and i probably put a, should put a trigger warning on it because it's it does involve suicide but it's incredibly good Besides that, like, besides that one scene that does stick out and it is kind of strange, overall, the movie is, like, filled with lots of heart. It it does get kind of weird. Uh, Some weird, like, moments where it's like, oh, it's like they're imitating, like, a 50s noir movie for some reason or, like, just weird, like, moments like that. But it's just... It's it's there's a lot of heart in Three Idiots. Um, it is leaving Netflix in like a week, so the, the recommendation window is narrowing. But I do find it interesting that like in this movie there were songs that are literally narrating how the characters feel about this one character. I'm like, is that just like a thing that <laughs> like that exists in that cinema that just does not happen in America or any other type of cinema? I mean, I mean, sometimes it happens in American musicals. Uh... I, I guess so. Yeah. It's just, but, I don't know. RR was special with like, this is an unforeseen <laughs> turn of events. Will the there be bloodshed? Sort of thing. Yeah, there's not as much as like with RRR, but um, it did it, when it does happen. There's like, yeah, like the song is like solemnly depict like like yeah like he was our best friend and we, like we loved him and he disappeared where did he go and like you know like that's the plot of this movie and that's how the characters feel i was like i, I don't know i just find it fascinating that that's like a a defining trait yeah. of movies from that region of the world i don't i'm not mad at it i i think <laughs> americans should take that i think we should we should do more of that you think wolf of wall street would have been enhanced with one of these songs i don't know <laughs> probably not i think it had just enough fourth wall breaks it did it did the fourth wall breaks in a similar way that another financial wealth movie does it the big short is directed by adam mckay where it's about the financial crisis of 2008 the recession that happened um the housing market and there's moments i think even margot robbie might be in that where they like 
cut to her and they're like, oh, we're going to have like Margot Robbie explain like some complex financial thing. And they kind of like break the fourth wall and admit that, you know, this stuff is complicated and it's kind of boring. We don't really care about that. Um, I find it interesting that both movies do it, but in here is sort of just abandoned very quickly and not really mentioned. I, I, I think I could use more of that. I would be down to have more acknowledgement, acknowledgement of the schemes because, you know, I'm down to, to give it a shot and learn something complex. Else. I think that might be it. This episode. So I said before we started recording that I had an idea for a wealth movie next, but I actually don't think I have one. Um, so do you have something in mind for this? Um, I have a rags to riches movie in mind. Okay. Um, which I realize is on our themes, but I feel like I'm just going to remove it. <laughs> remove okay. rags to riches. Um, the jerk. Steve Martin, <laughs> oh, the <God>. jerk. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. <laughs> I was born a poor black man in the south. Yeah, I was born a poor black child. <laughs> I remember uh, my sister. She had this friend Nick, who it was his favorite movie was The Jerk, and I think for Christmas he came over, and they gave each other their gifts. And he gave her a copy of The Jerk, and she gave him a copy of The Jerk. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the power of film. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Making Christmas even better. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, just <laughs> had to mention, yeah, imagine just seeing this movie on Christmas Day. <laughs> just, like, go out to the movies with your family and see Leonardo DiCaprio do coke off of a, coke, a hooker's butt. My gosh, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, it's funny that this is the same guy from What's Eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the career. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess next on Vague Zone is going to be The Jerk starring Steve Martin. Oh. Yeah, I guess a good accompaniment, a good, sorry, addition slash, uh, what's it called? Uh, a med uh, another movie to watch that I might watch would be uh, Trading Places because that might not be an official choice, but I feel like I think it's fucking movie. cool. Yeah, I'd be down. It's, it's another movie from that era that yeah. could be worthy of glancing if the viewers slash people have time. And it's funny to stick that, to yeah. like sort of comedies, basically. Like Wall Wall Street, it's sort of drama comedy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's good. Yeah, we don't have. No shots of the middle class and lower classes suffering because yeah, it would, it would make all of yeah. yeah I guess poverty. Too. Oh man, now I now I thought of another one. Uh, I won't say it though. No, you can say it. Oh, Bicycle it's... thieves. Oh, oh yeah, it's a classic. More oh. homework for the listener. Um, all right, yeah, this has been one nineteen vague zone. If you'd like to contact us, you can. Email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. Tweet at us at vaguezone. Let us know what you're watching. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or theme con suggestions. But yeah, it's been 119. Thank you for listening. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll see you next time.